Hey everyone, this is Corinne Lafon, your favorite radio host, your only radio host and favorite girl, of course, broadcasting to you from the lovely island of Trinidad and Tobago in the Caribbean on Between the Lines. And you know what we do it here on Between the Lines, always with gratitude, always with thankfulness. Either one is good to go. And I'm so thankful to be here. It's a beautiful day in Trinidad and Tobago, and I am above ground to do another episode of my show and to hang around wonderful people like the guy you're seeing next to me in his nice little Caribbean shirt. Can you imagine? I think he just knew that he was coming to the Caribbean today and, and what a nice little flowery shirt. <laughs> it looks nice. It looks Thank nice. You. So let me tell you what we're talking about today. You're welcome. And today we're talking about endurance and courage in unthinkable circumstances. Let me repeat that, endurance and courage in unthinkable circumstances. And let me tell you a bit about our guest today. Robert Ray started his career in the early 70s, working in the maritime industry as an apprentice mechanic, rebuilding engines, pumps, and turbos. He started his own company, Pacific Western Services Incorporated, where he is currently employed. He's been married for 48 years, has two great grandchildren. He's great people, okay? Two great grandchildren and three grandsons. He and his wife live on the island of Maui. That's why he's wearing the shirt in Hawaii. <laughs> so he is a fellow islander, okay, people? So he knows what it is for island life. And let me just put it out there, Robert. One of my dreams, one of my wishes is to wear a coconut bra and grass skirt, okay? That is one of my dreams, to wear a coconut bra and grass skirt uh, and do a little hula, whatever dance <laughs> that is, okay? And to... <laughs> I can send that. <laughs> That's one of my dreams. So, so, so meeting you is getting me closer to my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So welcome, Robert, to Between the Lines. It's great to have you here. It's great to have you. And before coming live on air, Robert was saying to me that this is his first interview. And I see four people are already watching. So he has some fans out there. So welcome to all the fans. And I know his brother is watching. So let me just acknowledge him. He had a, he had a comment before. He's like, Brother Bob, let me just show it. Brother Bob, where are you? We're waiting, Bill. <laughs> Bill Jr., my <laughs> older brother. Yes, <laughs> we're waiting. So we are here now, Brother Bob, or brother of, of, of Robert. So we are here, okay? So you can interact with us, ask your questions, all the hoopla who raise an excitement. We are here now and we are live. So great to have you and all the family and relatives and friends and fans of Robert Ray. So let's let's get some things out now. So unthinkable circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. Endurance and courage in unthinkable circumstances. So Robert, you know, I want you to share your experience of an unthinkable circumstance you were in and why endurance and courage was critical, I guess, to your survival, because you're here now. And let's, as we go along in the conversation, why do you think those two things are important when being faced in unthinkable circumstances? I hand over to you. Well, we never think about 
those kinds of circumstances happening to us as as uh, whether we're kids or whether we're adults it just happens and um, for us living on um, a tugboat and and uh, transporting tug uh, excuse me barges two barges back and forth between Alaska and Seattle Washington we all knew our jobs very well on board we um, had a nine-man crew total uh, including me and um, the tugboat was ocean going everybody that was on board was licensed crew so we were professionals we did this for a living um, but never in my waking lifetime did I ever think that the tugboat would sink and I'm sure none of the other crewmen at the time ever thought that as well and we all every trip before we left or just as we were leaving we all knew how to put on our survival suits we all had man overboard drills um, so we had plenty of suits on board everybody had a suit that they could put on so so we we would actually put them on zip them up make sure that they worked uh, we would put paraffin which is a wax uh, on the actual suits themselves um, so that they operated easily and then in our state rooms we had a, a casing that the actual suits sat in in the case sat in and then um, when we needed them we could pull them out unzip it and then put them on if needed so for us to be able to know how they worked and and then not to use them I was the only one that put the survival suit on why the others didn't I've thought about that many times the only thing I can think of is that they were they, they were panicking I told the Coast Guard at the uh, at the hearing that I had that it took between um, 10 and 15 minutes to come out of my stateroom um, climb up the stairs then crawl across the the pilot house on my hands and knees put the suit on leaning up against the chart table and then step outside the the uh, port side door and in reality after they timed me I went to the sister ship of the tug eagle and they timed me doing it it actually took me uh, two minutes and 20 seconds so if you're not prepared for what's going to happen uh, you don't have much time and it doesn't seem like that until it actually happens and of course when you never think that it's going to happen to you and then it does and you're not prepared um, I'll tell you it's it's a, a frightful feeling uh, horrifying is is the word that I think about the most of when it's all going on because it's so much chaos um, with with a boat that's mm -hmm. 130 feet long 5,700 horsepower pulling two barges in the Gulf of Alaska uh, in 50 to 60 foot seas uh, and the boat starts sinking and you're 60 65 miles offshore you can't swim in that kind of weather you can't hardly float in that kind of weather it's 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 impossible and so for, for me to um, pull my suit out get outside the my stateroom and 
right across from my stateroom was the captain's. And normally, if we're on watch, we put the door um, open, leave the door open, so that if anybody's going by there looking for you, they can see your stateroom is open and uh, make sure that you're you're not in there if they're looking for you. For whatever reason, he closed his door. When I came out of my stateroom, the vessel was already healed over probably um, 40 degrees, and I fell onto his door. But if his door would have been open, I would have fell all the way through. And then I would have had to have tried to climb out, get back up the stairs, and uh, I don't know if I, I would have made it out of there or not. But it was closed. I was able to fall against there, climb up the stairs, because the, the, the pilot house was another deck above mine, climb up, crawl on my hands and knees, put the suit on, step outside the, uh, the door. And once I did, the only thing that was showing uh, on the tug from, from standing up by the door outside was one stack, one exhaust stack. The other one was completely underwater. The whole aft part of the, the tug was out of the water. I mean, under the water. So there we were standing, waiting for the vessel to go all the way under before we had to jump in the water because the waves were so horrendous. Uh, I, you, you can't imagine 50 to 60 foot seas with 70 mile an hour winds. I mean, I, I can see them in my dreams from time to time, but to try to explain them to you is, is almost impossible. So it was... It was Robert, let me, let me tell you something, Robert. Let me tell you something, Robert. I'm listening to you and it sounds like a movie. I would only be in the movie, not in real life. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> And I prefer that it be in my dreams and not be real. How you manage to survive that and to be able to tell the story, it's amazing to me because here's what I'm thinking. You are out at sea, you're, you're telling us the story of what you experience. And I'm saying to myself, like all of us has, have faced unthinkable circumstances in our lives of different magnitudes. And I'm saying to myself, how does a human being, no matter how prepared he may be, is able, he or she actually, is able to, in that situation, be able to stay calm enough to put all the training that they have been trained on in place in a calm and efficient manner? What, what is going through your mind that makes you just tick? like that and stay calm and just follow through amidst the, the the amount of fear that is that that is around you what does it take you have to be able to stay calm you have to be able to rely on the training that you've had um and you have to have the endurance to be able to survive it once you leave the ship and, and I was hoping that that would never happen. When, when I got up to the pilot house and after I put the survival suit on, the captain, the second mate, and one able-bodied seaman were already outside the port side door. I got out. I asked the AB who was standing there if the suit was zipped up all the way. And his face was as, as white as a ghost. He knew the gig was up. He knew it was up. 
you, you can't jump into that water wearing a pair of jeans, uh, a, a jean jacket, cowboy boots, and a hat and expect <laughs> to survive. You can't. He knew it. I knew it. The other two knew it. And uh, I'll tell you, once, once the boat started to sink completely, the waves were beating us so bad and beating that boat so bad, we had wow. to jump because otherwise it, it could have pulled us down if we would have been close enough to it. So the captain hollered. Hmm. He jumped off the bow or jumped forward towards the bow along with the mate and the AB following him. But I had the suit on. I jumped towards the raft. I had a hold of the raft. The raft had launched itself and I had a hold of it and was holding on to it. They could have followed me, got on my back because I was already in the in the water, climbed on me, climbed inside the raft because it had water, it had a big dome on it. Uh, it would have kept us warm and, and it would have been a big target for the Coast Guard to see, but they didn't. They just followed the mm -hmm. captain, jumped in that water. Once they jumped, I never saw them again. I had a hold of the raft, but the raft was still attached to the boat and the boat was sinking. I didn't know if the hydrostatic release, which was, is, a, is a button on the side of the raft where the, the rope is tied off to the, to the ship, I didn't know if that was going to release or not. So I was afraid when the vessel would sink, it would act like a vortex, pull that life raft down with it, and then I would be stuck inside, not being able to get out. So I let go of the raft, found a, a piece of poly line, one inch poly line with a four foot eye. I slung it over my head and then started to go up and down the waves with the back of my head into the sea so it worked as a as, as sort of a, a protection because the life rat or the uh, the survival suit had a a hood on it so once i started that i started using my feet as as paddles my legs as paddles and then tried to go up the side of the wave and as i got closer to the top you could hear the the wind and the the, the seas were about 50 feet but then at the top, you have the wind where it's blowing the tops of the wave off. And and, it, and it's like a freight train. As you get closer to the top, you hear the wind stronger and stronger. And then sometimes the wave would hit me in the back of the head, roll me over down the same side of the wave. And I would pop back up, pull the, it had a, a cover that went across your face like so. The only thing was exposed was your eyes. But this piece and I was breathing very hard, of course, um, because of uh, what was going on. And then it had a high rider ring on the suit as well that went underneath your shoulders and behind your head. The high rider ring, though, was supposed to keep your head out of the water. But what was happening for me was it was blowing that high rider ring when I would get to the top and the waves would hit me, blow that high rider ring across my eyes. So now the my eyes are blocked. This piece is over my face. I'm trying to see what I'm doing, get back ready to get another wave. So I'd pull this down, this over the top of my head and get ready to do it again. And I did that for between three and four hours. Robert, Robert, let me just put in a plug here. When you get the movie deal, 
could you please call me to play a small part in the movie? That's all I'm asking. When you get the movie, <laughs> just a small part. Absolutely. Just a small part. Because this is definitely a movie. And I see Lee, if I pronounce it right, Lee Fagan is saying, wow, scary. It is scary. And I'm saying, I'm thinking, you know, I believe that everything happens for a reason, Robert. And it happens for a reason and to people for a reason. And for you, for it to happen to you, not that it may not have happened to other people in different ways and forms, but you are on my show today and this is your first time being interviewed live and on a podcast. And I thank you for that. And the thing I'm thinking is, why do you think it happened to you? And what do you want people to learn from your story and your book? which we are going to be featuring in a little while. What it is that you want people to take away from your experience of endurance and courage? Miracle. This was a miracle. Uh, and, and a lot of people don't really understand what I mean by that if it hasn't happened to you. We have a lot of little miracles happen to us during our lifetime, and then sometimes we have horrific miracles that happened. I, I didn't do this. I mean, I didn't, I didn't survive on my own. I, I was helped by God. Mm -hmm. There's, there's no other way to put it. There's mm -hmm. no getting around it. I was saved here to be able to tell others things like this happen and they happen all the time. Maybe not as horrific, but it happens all the time. And nobody believes that it's going to happen to them. I never in my wildest imagine, imagination thought this would happen to me. But it does. It happened to me, and it'll happen to you. And if you're not prepared for what's going to happen, especially the crazy times we're going through now with all these crazy, crazy things that I never thought I would see in my lifetime are, are yeah. happening now. Yeah. And you just need to be prepared. If you're in this kind of a position you need to make sure you can fall back on your training. You need to stay calm, figure out what needs to be done, how you can get it done, and then do it. And then do it. And then help your, if, yeah. if like my shipmates, I tried to help. One of them, they was hollering from inside, wanted us to help him, but you couldn't go inside. I knew if I went inside, I would not come out. Wow. Wow. So how, what, I, I don't even want to ask the question, but I'm going to ask, because I know people probably are thinking it. Were there any other survivors? Tell me that everybody's... No one survived with me. The, 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 the three that were with me, what? Three, three of the uh, sailors <laughs> that were with me uh, that jumped into the water, I never saw them again. And the other five that were inside uh, were trapped inside and, and didn't get out. And and these guys knew this boat. We had sailed together for two and a half years. It's not like this was their first trip or anything. The panic had to set in for the oiler who worked with me. I was the chief engineer on board. The oiler who worked with me, I believe he was trying to do whatever he could down in the, in the engine room. And uh, I pray for him all the time. I, I, with 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 those with a vessel flopping over on its side, you know you have whatever's in the bilges coming up. 
you have hot oil, you have uh, whatever isn't tied down is, is flying around there. And then you got to climb up a stairway, open a door, another stairway. You know, it, it just didn't happen. They were trapped inside and never got out. That's and the boat sank um, and it was too deep to be able to retrieve the tug or any of that. The boat, the, the two barges we were towing acted as an anchor. And then the boats, uh, uh, the, the actual <laughs> tow line broke and the uh, two barges washed up on shore the next day. You saved those two barges and they, they towed them back and they used them again. How were you found? How were you found out in the ocean there? How were you found? Uh, I was, um, I had on my suit what they call a, um, uh, well, it was just just a light. And uh, I didn't have a, an, an mm. EPIRB on it, but um, I just I just had a light on it that would, would shine as it started to get darker. But the captain had given mm -hmm. a mayday and gave it across the um, radio. We use channel 16 as an emergency channel for the Coast Guard uh, and the Associated Press, Associated Press monitors that regularly. So they had heard the mayday and the coordinates that he had gave them mm -hmm. so the Coast Guard knew where to search. And then they did a, um, a pattern. You know, they would go forward, sideways, up, forward, sideways, and, and keep going back and forth in that area. They saw the debris line. They saw fuel in the water. And uh, the captain who was, wow. who was operating the helicopter saw me. And at the same time, the corpsman who was operating the winch uh, for the helicopter saw me. And uh, I remember coming up the side of one of the waves and I saw a helicopter because I heard them give the mayday, but I, I didn't know if anybody had heard it. So I was thinking I'm going to have to survive here for however long it takes. They saw me anyway, and they came over the top of me. They lowered a, a 50 foot line with a basket attached to the bottom of that. And the first two times I could not get in the basket because it was so rough. It was, if I got anywhere close to it, it would just, just beat me up something fierce. But the third time the basket came and it stopped. It's just stopped right in, in front of me within arm's reach. Um, so I grabbed a hold of the outside of the basket and they, they pulled me up hanging on to the outside of the basket with a survival suit on. And it had, I had a beard at the time. The water would come in through the front of my survival suit and it filled up my suit up to about my knees. And then it had a purge valve that would allow the the, the water wow. to come out. So I held on to the very top. When I got up to the top, still hanging on, the corpsman was trapped between the line and uh, and the helicopter. So another crewman came out, pushed the line away from him so he could slip out from behind it. He hit the winch the rest of the way, and then they uh, pulled me up and inside the helicopter. And then we looked for another Oh, 30 minutes or so until it got so dark we couldn't see. And uh, and then we returned to, to base. This is a this movie. Is a movie. This, is a this is a movie, Robert. I saw. Where? Where? <laughs> this is a movie. 
Oh my God. And for you to be the only survivor that you know of, it is clearly a miracle. Endurance and courage. You mentioned a while ago, as we're wrapping up and coming to the end, about the pandemic and being prepared and things are happening in the world that we need to be prepared for. But my question is, and my thinking is, how do you prepare for something that you don't even know that's coming? How, how do you prepare? It's not like you're planning a trip. I'm hearing myself echoing. It's not like you're planning a trip and you can say, okay, we know we're going here, we're staying here, we're going to need food for so much days, etc. For things that we don't know that's coming, how do you prepare for that? Well, you know, you have to kind of keep your wits and, and don't believe everything that you hear anymore. You don't know what is the truth, what isn't the truth, how, how the vaccine is great for you, how it's not great for you. You know, you have to use your own judgment the, the best way that you possibly know, know, know how. For me, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian. I, I believe in God, the Father Almighty. I believe he saved me for a reason. Maybe it's to tell the people who read the book or to listen to your show that these kinds of things happen. But mm -hmm. keep your head. Don't get so out of control. Be prepared as you can for whatever might happen. You know, if the lights, the power goes out or whatever, do you have extra food? Do you have a way to eat? Do you have water? Do you have any kind of generator? How about those kinds of things? Simple things we can all do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I am showing your website here now. Darkness and the light of day. I'm hearing myself echoing. I'm just going to mute you while I'm talking. So darkness in the light of day. Is there anything that you would want to showcase about your book? Well, I know people how people can get your book. It's, it's, it's featured there on the website. But is there a reason why a person should really try and get a copy? I mean, after listening to you, they should get a copy. <laughs> they should get a copy. But is there anything in particular that you would want a, to highlight? It's a true story. This is a true survivor's story. And mm -hmm. things do happen to you that are out of your control. It. I'm an average person just like everybody else. I happen to survive this. Just be aware. Be safe. Know your surroundings around you. Watch what's going on. Uh, uh, the book just tells you a little bit about my family life and my and where I started in my career and where I am now. Um, darkness in the light of day meant this was the darkest day I have ever seen in my life. This was a happened around two o'clock in the afternoon, and it was dark. I mean, it seemed like it was starting to get like the sun was already down, and this was an afternoon. So that's where I got that. But light shined on me enough to rescue me to tell my story to tell you folks that be aware of what's going on in your lifetime if you can keep safe stay safe in your job at your home do it and hopefully uh, uh i will be able to tell more people about it and and uh, get them to kind of think about what their surroundings are and what's going on in their lives. 
I see you have a lovely book trailer here. I anticipate, well, it's one minute. Let's feature it. Awesome, awesome, awesome. That's a great way to close off our interview. Wonderful, wonderful. Let me just get back to you here. Robert, that is a compelling story. Compelling. I, I have seen movies with that type of thing, and I'm like, oh, hell no. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, hell no. But this, this is awesome. And I am so thankful that you were able to survive. I am sad for the ones who didn't, but I'm thankful that you were the one that survived to be able to be on my show, which is significant to share that story. And to let persons know, no matter what they're going through, that they can survive. Faith, trust, and trusting what you were trained and taught to do, and just follow your instincts at that particular point in time is all you have to depend on. You can't ask for advice from another human being. That's all it is. Trust in your God, yes. trust in faith, trust in what you know, and just follow your instincts. That's all that it, that is left That's right. there for you to do. Thank you so much for being on Between the Lines. I see, I see Lee is saying that she agrees it's a miracle. It cannot be anything else but a miracle. And she's also saying here, pursue... Praise the Lord for Bob Ray's miracle. <laughs> yes. yes. I do every day. Yes, it I definitely is. And there are, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Be thankful. Yes, I am. Well, there is a reason for everything and for, the, for what you go through. There is a reason. Thank you so much. Thank you for much, having me. I really appreciate Robert, it, Karine. for being here on my show. Yes, it's been a pleasure. And thank you for making this your first podcast. I hope it will not be the last. And Lee is also saying she's quite interactive. Preview of the movie. Yes, Lee. We're going to have a little, we're going to have a little role in the movie. Don't you worry. Robert will set us up. <laughs> he already has the trailer to the movie set up. Don't you worry. It will be me and you and Robert. Thank okay. You. We are part of the cast Thank and crew. You. All right. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yes. Thank you so much, Robert, Thank for you. being on Between the Lines and for sharing your story. I'm sure that it will have an impact on others as it has 
and clearly Lee and myself. Thank you so much. And to all the persons who have been watching and listening. Thank you for watching. Even though they haven't been as interactive as Lee, thank you so much for watching and listening. Take oh. care and have a great evening.